Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian, and this podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 16, 17, and 18 of The Fires of Heaven, an unexpected offer, heading west, and a hound of darkness. Let's dive in. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 9. Yeah. So, moving right along. Uh, and we have one new patron this week, and she's listening to us live tonight. So, welcome, Dragon Wings. Um, hey, welcome. New to our Discord, uh, first-time reader. Uh, I think she's a little ahead of us, but is, is listening to the podcast as well, uh, as far as her first-time read. And, uh Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to Patreon. Welcome. We appreciate yeah, we, you. Thank we, you so much. We greatly do appreciate it. Dr. Shane. Um, and also, we do, we're do. we going to have some Patreon episodes coming up soon. Um, you know, we do have the, the two Bella members, uh, both Bella. Remy and David. Uh, yeah, so um, we're trying to work out a time for David to come back on and also a time for Remy to come on for our first time. So we'll try to figure those out, and um, they'll come up soon. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I love that we do that having david on last time was a blast he was yeah. great and i look i look forward to chatting with our our newest we bella we're on a friday night or a saturday night david can come to the house and then we'll just have a party <laughs> keep rubbing it in or y'all could come out to fort mccoy what uh, we'll all hang out no here with snow, shitty snow. internet and... <laughs> our snow yeah the snow snow <laughs> it warmed yeah. up today and it got to 30 it was so nice <laughs> did you wear shorts yeah. <laughs> it's the hottest day we've had in a while <laughs> yeah Fun times. Uh, so yeah, um, we also got a lot of giveaways going on right now. Um, they'll be over by the time this episode releases. So um, yeah, if you didn't do those, just follow us on our socials because uh, I think we have a Twitter one, a Discord one, an Instagram one, and a TikTok one going on right now. So lots of places you can win stuff, all different stuff in different places. So um, we'll we'll just have to uh, uh, yeah, follow us, and um, you could win stuff if you enter. Yeah, so. All right, and as far as guests go, we do have a guest coming on next week. We have um, the Gleeman's Apprentice. Um, so uh, Gleeman's Apprentice podcast is coming on to guest with us. So excited about that. It should be a lot of fun, that episode. And I forgot to do this last week. I usually give, like, some statistic, and I just pulled a random one out this week. So um, we're almost to 175,000 downloads. We're 171. So maybe maybe in a week or two we'll get to 125. Ooh. No, I don't know. That sounds like a cool number. Um, so yeah. Um, so anyway, personal life. That's all I got for <laughs> intro stuff. <laughs> so personal life. Um, COVID, COVID, COVID. Um, yeah, uh, COVID. Um, my family had COVID. My my wife, my son did. Um, I'm pretty sure I did last week. I'm still kind of recovering, so I still kind of get sniffles. Um, but we got to get better because this weekend is a big weekend for our family. And also, I guess, Ian as well. You know, it's a big, big, big weekend for you, Ian. Because uh, I, I can never forget Ian's birthday now because my son has the same birthday. So yep, yep. Uh, th this weekend's my up. son's birthday, which means it's Ian's birthday. Uh, and... It's also my girlfriend's dad's birthday. Ooh, Ooh fun yeah. times. And, um, yeah, so we're having a birthday party. It's going to be a Star Wars themed. So. Mine too. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so lots of Star Wars stuff. I got up Star Wars gifts and we have Star Wars things. It's going to be fun. 
we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, he's really excited because he found out today. Today was February first, and he's like, "I'm born in February. Today's my birthday." I was like, "No, it's not yet." He's like, "But it's February." I was like, "Yeah, but you're February six. It's February one." Like, Let the boys celebrate the whole month. Oh yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> well, until until his brother's born, and then sorry, party's over. Great. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so um, that's pretty much all I got going on. Is getting ready for a birthday party. They both and, ended uh, up being born on the same day. Oh. Uh, please don't don't wish that on us. Um, he'll be so upset. <laughs> no, just tell him it's a birthday present. He yeah, won't hate sure. it until next year. Yeah, <laughs> when they're later in life, they'll just yeah. Anyway, because they're too far apart. If they're like, maybe they're close enough. I guess I don't know. No, no, let's just not. <laughs> so we're not going to wish that. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Uh, recovering from COVID and, uh, and getting ready for a birthday party. So what about you guys? What's going on? Uh, it's like Groundhog Day here. We've settled in. Um, I guess not much new to report. So one, uh, well, okay, one of my new tasks is resetting buildings after people move out or when a floor gets cleared or a whole building gets cleared. And we're discovering that maybe we weren't as proactive as we should have been about giving the guests extra garbage bags to throw stuff away. And so they've all, like, used either corners in their barracks or uh, foot lockers and stuff to just put a lot of nasty trash in Uh and dirty diapers Mm. and food that's been sitting and rotting for months. And I have to clean all that. Well, my team does. I have a weak stomach, and they know it, so I do a lot of the heavy lifting with the nasty stuff. I don't go near it. I have people that take care of that. So, but we have a we have a well balanced team to address it. I have people that don't mind that stuff, and they do that. And then when we have to pick up heavy shit, throw it in trucks. I do that. So, it works. Cool. That's been that's been my life. I almost forgot today was Tuesday. Like you're lucky. I was in a couple of meetings, and then somebody happened to ask me like, "Hey, it's Tuesday. Are you recording tonight?" And I was like, "Oh yeah," in like an hour. Oh shit! That's why I don't have my microphone. I was like, I need to hurry up and get ready. <laughs> so I almost, almost totally forgot. It's all good. We appreciate you coming. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here. We would have missed you. We would have cried. Oh, personally. Let's see here. Um, the kids are what they are, per usual. I've had to. It's really bad when you keep writing the same children up, and the administration does nothing about it. So then you just start letting them go at it. Like, I'm going to let this escalate just a little bit more than I normally would, just so it will be worth it. So like we've had fights in school. Like it's finally gotten to that point where they're actually throwing fists. And it's not like a punch and a kick, and then they're like upset and crying and coming and telling. Like, they're scrapping. And I'm like, <sighs> blow five, blow six. All right, now I'm going to break it up. Now I can actually say, like, pull the cameras. They were legitimately fighting. If you don't do anything about it now, then... I'm just going to stop caring at all. That's really bad. I've never, I'm, I'm one of those type of people when I get to the point to where I really don't care, then I'm just done with the situation. And like, I've been wanting to leave teaching for a while just because it's gotten really bad. But now like they're hurting themselves and nobody's doing anything about it. And they're hurting each other and nobody's doing anything about it. So I'm like, all right, time for me to check out. Cause I'm the one that would do something. And then I get su- sued for putting my hands on somebody's child. So I don't want to be that person. Um, I am doing training to open the Brain Core business here in Charlotte, hopefully this summer. So that is now 100% online, which is great. I'm going to be starting that in the next week or so. And other than that, we're just, you know, getting ready for a wedding. I mean, the wedding is October 22nd. So we're closing in on it really quickly here. That's it. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Well, you guys ready to get into these episodes? Are these, mm-hmm. these 
this chapters, this episode. All right, so let's jump right in. Uh, chapter 16, an unexpected offer. Here we get the white click symbol. So we don't get too far into the episode until we see a particular white click. <laughs> oh, man. We get, we get one of our favorite friends back. Mm. Is he, though? <laughs> Is he? Is he? I do like him, though. Let's, let's get there. I don't, I don't, Fav- oh, favorite oh. to look at. Yeah. Wow. So it, start, it starts with... Uh, yeah, it starts with Nynaeve and Elaine waking up in the inn, um, in the small room in, in, in Cinda, um, and Emidesia is where they are. And they decided that they're going to leave and head out of town and go uh, to Tyr that day. And that's what they, and then all of a sudden we run into Galad. So let's talk about yeah, this episode. They were making some plans, mm-hmm. I guess. All right, so help me out, Chris. What was what was the reason for the decision to go to Tyr? We know why they no longer want to go to the White Tower, but why'd they pick Tyr? I don't know. Was it because that's where they last thought everybody else was? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah they're looking for the blues. But they know, no, but they know, but they know from, for the dreams that, yeah, that, right. The, why Tyr? They're looking for the well, blues. they're not going to go to the waste. Yeah, they're looking for the blues. And that oh, is, that's right. Yeah, and they're, of course they assume that the blues aren't going to be back in Tarvalon, and they're not going to be in the waste, so. Because they know that, you know, everybody's leaving the waste and they're headed in general direction away from it. So it's like, where do we go? And Tyr is kind of the meeting point that they can all go to. Right. Okay. And let me flip back to a map again. Sorry, Alan. I know you're trying yeah. To so if you look at where Amadesia is, it's south of where the Two Rivers is, um, like right along the southern coast. And so hugging the coast, going through Ilian, going to Tyr would probably be more wise than cutting up across to Kyrian because you'd have to go near Camelin. And Elaine wants to get nowhere near Camelin. That's of her mom. Um, she doesn't want to go home yet. I mean, that's what this whole argument with Galad's about. So uh, she has important missions to do. Not, Before we get there, not... I want to draw some attention to that which happens in the dream happens in the real world. Three scratches ran down her neck and disappeared beneath her shift. They were not as red as they might have been, thanks to an ointment. She told Elaine it came from brambles. Like, I th- she was really bothered by... The lashing that she got from Egwene, and not just bothered. I think that uh, Nynaeve is now like mentally and emotionally scarred by Egwene to the point where she's kind of questioning her own grip on what she thought was control. So I find this really interesting because I can see that there's there the shift has kind of been made, and we talked about this way back in book one and book two. Like when is Egwene finally going to become like the main? The head bitch, you know what I mean? And yeah. at this point, she has become it. And, you know, part of me wants to feel a little sorry for Nynaeve, and the other part's like, you kind of got what you deserved. What is I it? I touched on this at what the end of Eye of the is World it? with Nynaeve uh, when that Forsaken was kind of getting in her head, taking advantage of her sort of thing, and she felt so helpless. And then, so we've also... We've learned a lot more about Nynaeve's personality. She seems to be... Uh, she's that type that's constantly stuck in a state of fight or flight. She's always on the defensive. Uh, always like semi-paranoid about how other people see her and how they perceive her. And she's not very good about just having rational discussion. Like Anytime there's an issue, she either takes charge and it's like, this is the way. You know, That's the fight. Let's charge forward. Or she's very defensive and quick to tell stupid lies about stuff and tries to hide her mistakes or whatever. Uh, more of a flight response. 
And at least from my experience, I know this isn't hard trajectory across the board, but people that get stuck in that mode, it's generally because they've had some sort of significant trauma, and usually at a young age, you know, before they had a chance to emotionally mature. Do they ever talk so like about goes, how she lost her parents? Right. It could be that. It could be maybe she was taken advantage of at a very young age. I mean, there's, again, don't like mm. giving people excuses for being the way they are. You know, as adults, we have to learn to work through it. But she's still a young adult. And just the way she responds to everything, you know, it, it makes me think there's some significant, obviously significant issues that she's trying to deal with. I mean, she has this big block on her channeling. That be a lot more than just trying to hide the fact that she's a channeler. There could be some real emotional trauma that's part of that. Agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. And then we get to this. Then we begin. Meeting downstairs. <laughs> the Galad. The Galad. So they had the plan, of course, to ditch what they had. Or no, there was two plans. The plan first by uh, Lane was to ditch what they had and try to take a boat to where they were going. And she was just written off right away. And I was like, nope, mm -mm, it's not going to work. We're just going to keep going forward, which is exactly what you were just talking about. And and during this conversation, you know, the two are going back and forth. They are recognized. And all of a sudden, up to the table comes, huh, I thought I recognized you, but I wasn't sure because of the hair. And it's like, who, who is this? It's like, oh, oh no, it's Galad. It's Galad, her half-brother. And you get Nynaeve, like, gawking over him, like, oh, my God, he's so beautiful. He's so handsome. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's here. Oh my goodness, it's he's so dreamy. Yeah. And then she and then it's like, <laughs> I can't believe you're here. And what are you wearing? And then yep. and then he's like brought out of her like moment and she realizes homeboy's wearing chain mail and he's got a white cloak and he's got two gold knots and he, he's an upper rank white cloak. Mm-hmm. Question. Dun 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 <laughs> Which yeah. we knew was Go gonna ahead. happen. Nynaeve, other than with Lan, has seemed pretty reserved when it comes to the opposite sex. Uh, and she seems like the type, even though she knows things aren't going anywhere with Lan, I would I, I would have thought they'd have both kind of held on to their feelings for each other, not really branched out. And then she, but she says, she wiped a smile from her own face, but she could do nothing about her racing heart or make herself breathe properly. She did not feel anything for him, but it was just that he was beautiful. So... Again, this world that we're in, am I supposed to believe that he's just that good looking and a charmer? He's like, Ryan Reynolds, or, or man. He's Ryan. He's Ryan fucking Reynolds, man. <laughs> or is there, but is there something else? He's Ryan Reynolds. Possibly he's, does he he's not a channel. Is he charming? Like, is there, what do we not know about him? I mean, it, I don't know. I guess he could just be that good looking. I feel like there's got to be something else going on there. Remember when? We well, first we don't met, know who uh, his fought. Like we know who, and, she, and everybody was all over her. Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah, maybe mm -hmm. she could be that hot. But also, once Loyal was all over and everything too, I'm like, wait a minute, is there some sort of? It's like they share, here they share a father, here? right? But not a mother, correct? Or is it the other way around? They yes, they share a father. So maybe yeah. like maybe he hooked up. Maybe Dad hooked up with an Aes Sedai. Maybe Galad secret. No, well, like, we talked about this before. Did I so. Forget? Yeah, so if you talk to the succession of more more gays, so Galad's father was um, a demon dread, and was married to the previous heir to the throne who left and disappeared mysteriously. Mysteriously, and in order so to Galad and, is and the then brother he of probably Rand. left because he was a 
he left but then the but then in order for more gays to and then in order for um not demadred uh demadred sorry um not not demadred demadred yeah thank you uh chat corrected me uh and um i guess one's forsaken one's the last name huh. thank you um so too many d words in this book um <laughs> You like the D, Alan? Oh yeah. I, um, oh yeah. So do you, do you uh, normally so, stumble over the D. When you go so in order, in, in order for Morgays to secure secure her path to the throne, she married uh, the um, her basically the previous. It wasn't her sister, but her was my sister. Anyway, the previous heir's husband. So did husband. we like make the assumption when we discussed this way back when? Because that was a long time ago. That maybe Rand is half sibling with Galad because maybe it was Rand's mom that was the one that ran away. Have we come up? I don't with think this you guys prophecy? said that. That was a dude that ran away. No, no, it was no. A chick the that mom ran away. ran away mysteriously. You oh, just said mom. it. So mm-hmm. let's just make that assumption. I'm gonna go there. Yeah. Because if he's that handsome and that beautiful, maybe he can channel too. Maybe he just doesn't know it. Yeah. Maybe he's charming them with his power that he doesn't know he has. And maybe it's enough. Maybe if he's not like actively channeling, maybe because he's a child of somebody who could. Yeah. Um, that it gives him this. I don't want to call it tiveriness because it it's not straight up tiveriness. It's kind of like just a charm, essentially. I don't know. There's something about him. It's more than just being good looking. It, when when Nynaeve was gawking over him, I started thinking about like when Loyal was gawking over Celine. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is there's something extra going on. Uh huh. Because she couldn't break away. The only one that could break away was like his sibling, who was like, ugh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyways, my mind kind of ran on that one. I was like, what's going on with this kid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Galad talks to Elaine and's like, yeah, um, you got to head back to Caitlin, like. We got to get you back to mother. That's that's what's gonna happen. And she's like, no, <laughs> that's not what's gonna happen. I'm on official business, pretty much. Uh, you can buzz off. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, but even before we get to it, I mean, we go ahead a couple pages, and Elaine tells us, "But we already know this about Galad. He's made up his mind that that's the right thing to do. He's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna try and force it to happen." And Elaine's got to know this already. So I was anticipating these next couple of back and forths. So when he's gone, Lane being like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of here. Now. <laughs> right? Yeah, she knows what's about to go down. Yeah. My mean, before would you... it be so bad if they went to Camelot? Well, we well, do know that I there's mean... a Forsaken in Camelot. I'm ready to fight that battle. <laughs> <laughs> you are, but are they? That's really the bigger I'm, question. Are they ready? Could they uh, do it? Well, if Nynaeve gets mad enough or fixes her block. <laughs> yeah. Which neither are really likely. Let's just be real. Yeah. That would be like signing a death warrant for them to go back right now. Or it could snap her mom out of it. I really seriously doubt it. I think she's too um, rod ruled. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Another tangent, but I also think that Merguez is more powerful than we're led to believe. And I think even more powerful than Ravine. Is that what we're calling him? Yep. Yeah, that's his, that's his first name. That's his name. Yeah, Ravine. Right. His, his so name's gone true. by his Lord so Gideon. Thinks she's useless, like, man, this, this one calls her something nice to die. It's garbage. She can't do anything. But I think Morgay's, I'm holding out for her being more powerful than anybody's. Mm. She's always been that more reserved type. She's only going to bust it out when she really needs it. So, And, of course, we know Galad is asking all about Egwene because 
he's totally into her. So if we go based on my tangent idea of Rand being into Rand and, and Galad actually being brothers, then we're going to assume that, you know, there'll be a, a love triangle quarrel and Galad and Rand will fight for the love of a blade. Mm. And then Tom comes in on the unicorn. Exactly. With Moraine. Because Moraine is somehow related to them all, too. And she's like, stop. Then Tom Mm. pops in out of his time machine awkwardly and goes, ah, shit, wrong time. Pops back in the DeLorean and just (laughs) He's like, "Uh, can I borrow that sword? I'll bring it back Wait, to the you. settings were wrong. And, he, and, he, and, he's, and he's, he's like really, really drunk, but he has like this kid with him named Morty. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crossover episode. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, essentially once Galad entered the scene, um, as I was reading, like it read exactly how it, like I would have wrote it at that point. You know, so there's nothing too surprising here. Glad like, oh, well, I know what must happen. Elaine, Elaine, go no, I do what I want, and then him walking away and her being like, we, we gotta, we gotta do so. We gotta get out. And we gotta go. Yeah. The, well, of the course, they also there. get the horrible news because they had only there was only assumptions at this point that um, the Amberlin had been replaced, but the idea of uh, Swan, Swan, can I say her name? Swan. Swan thank you, being stilled and killed like that is. Something that's been going around, but they hadn't heard that mm-hmm. part of things, right? So, I mean, that's it's quite disruptive news. Yeah. And she even thinks so. She even kind of contemplates going to Camelot. I mean, she's, she's like, "Well, Morgays would support Rang. She knows the prophecies. Like, like she makes that comment saying that, like, no, my mother would." And then Tom, Tom makes the no, Tom knows a whole. The, I kind of get ahead of myself, but this is like when Tom and Julian come in and they sure they have the conversation, but it's. It, we can, we can jump there if you want, but yeah. anything from this before we go to that part because that's definitely I think that where the it all blends of, together real fast. I mean, it, it is, does. Yeah, yeah. So after Galad leaves, they you know that's when uh, Tom and Julian enter it, and basically Elaine and Nynaeve are like, yeah, Galad's wa- Galad's watching the end. Um, they're going to send more white cloaks. They're going to take us out. Like we got to get out of here. And that's when they had this interchange where um, Tom's just like, uh, yeah, I said, oh, I recognize the, you know well. It looked like the boy, you know, the boy that came the man, you know, and, and Elaine kind of gives him a look and he's like, wait, do you know? And he's like, and she's like, I've known since Tenchiko, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which I thought, was, yeah, that and, was the uh, official when they're all sober Tom going. Yeah. Yeah. I banged your mom. She's like, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a drunk episode. I, I remember. I remember. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And then it's like, oh my haven't, God. haven't you had one of those drunk conversations that you hope nobody else remembers that a month later Alan brings it up and I'm like, shit, you remember that? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Please don't tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a few times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. Hey, something just popped in my head. So, mm. Mr. Do-Gooder Galad, is it enough that he's going to try to force the issue to get her back to Camelin? Or now, because he's a white cloak and sworn to them and everything, is part of that do-gooding reporting them as, well, not as I said I, because he knows they're not, but at least accepted. Ooh. Like, how shitty would that be? But I don't put it there. Well, like, so... I think, I think he could do that. And then they have all the white cloaks chasing them now. Mm. I don't... I have a little bit more faith in it. Like, for what we know about his character, that is highly... like. I mean, and it's even discussed in the book. That was the argument... 
that um, Elaine made was like, we got to get out of here and we've got to sneak out of here. Like he, God is going through a challenge that he's never been through before. He's facing two right situations and he has to make a decision as to which one is more right. Where's his allegiance? Where's his allegiance? And there's also an element of self in that. Like he's got to worry about what they're going to say about him having trained as, you know, with the eyes to die too. And he, cause they, they blatantly say like, they clearly know, don't know that you trained with them because he's keeping everything on the hush hush. When he initially engaged in the conversation, he was speaking in low whisper tones with them. He was actually like stepping out outside of himself and trying to, you know, correct the situation and get his sister to safety, which he saw as important and good. He was trying to help get Nynaeve to a situation where she was safe, which he saw as good. He's also protecting himself and his rank, which he can justifiably say is safe and good because he's got a number of men that depend on him and he's doing the work of, you know, the white and, you know, everything they believe in. So he's justifying a lot in his mind, which is not the typical person. And when they start making mention of Tarvalon, when they start making mention of Aes Sedai, like he shuts them down. Like, look, you need to chill out. Like, we need to get you home. You may be communicating with mom, but you don't know the evil atrocities that came from the tower and how dysfunctional it is. And like he... You don't know all the horrible things that happened there. Like, he is assuming that they don't know, which they don't know a lot of it, but he's filling in the blank spots that they have. And Elaine quickly realizes, like, we're in a sticky situation, and he's only got a few options, and he's always going to do what is right. So she essentially answered his question for him by denying his help. Because we know, like, here she is saying, we've got to go, we've got to find a way out, we've got to sneak past them, we we got to ditch the the horse and buggy carriage deal, we have to ditch the clothes and nice things that we brought, we'll just take what's important, and we got to get the heck on. And, yeah, that's fine and dandy, but <laughs> you are now putting him in a situation where he has to decide, do I keep them having been here a secret? Or do I go to my command and say, hey, I know that this is going on. Send me with the search party so I can track these people down. Like, that's what's really going to happen next. You know what he's not? Secrets. He's not the kind of person that does nothing. He will take action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And any action he takes, I think Elaine deduced there's not one good choice that he can make that is good for them. He is a man of action. True. Right. Yeah. And he would not yeah. have known he'd be delivering them right into the hands of a Forsaken because he's not in that world. Like, they're not even... He might not even be able to control that. Yeah. He might end up delivering them in the hands of the White Cloaks, which could be worse. Yeah, I mean, they're they're probably Forsaken controlling the White Cloaks. Let's just be real. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We know, like... More Deeth. I was going to say, we know at least more Deeth is controlling a few, so why don't we have a Forsaken controlling some, too? Yeah. Mm. We, do, we do get a little intel from Galad about the power grab and who's really behind it, you know, which we all kind of knew and what the strategy is starting to make more sense, blah, 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 taking over trade routes and Mm -hmm. politics. That wasn't too exciting. I skipped over that very quickly (laughs) because then we joined the circus. Yeah. (laughs) That's the the plan to come up. So, so 
I I know we 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 did talk about it a little bit, but I just love that line also when when Elaine and Tom are having the the finally come to realization moment, and it said Tom looked like he was ready to jump out the window. Anyway, yeah. Tom so the, smiled back almost unsteadily. He looked as if he was contemplating a leap from the window. Yeah. Like that, she, it, it, I mean, Elaine reached up and tugged one of his long mustaches. Like, and of course, like the thoughts that had to be going through everybody else's mind. Like you have uh, Nynaeve here who's been trying to stop her from flirting with him and yada, 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 yada. And now she's even more confused because she's like, wait, you guys know each other? Like you've known each other for a while? Like, and, and then you got Julian who's like, this is weird. I, I can watch. Like, this is a little kinky, but... But keep talking. Like, <laughs> he definitely doesn't excuse himself. Yeah, from like he, he like nice. starts ringing the hat a little bit harder, and he, you know, he gets a little bit was excited. Like, yeah, he's like, what show? What else are you going to was it, was it? Was it Julian that suggested like going outside and taking out the white cloak? And I'm like, no, the whole sound's full of white cloaks. It's the worst idea. It's like, I just go kill him real fast. He's like, no, don't. Do it. <laughs> no, no, not in open warfare. I mean, like in their sleep. Exactly. Duh. Like, we, can, we can do this. Like, we can do this thing. Like, Julian is a G. No. I give it to him. He was ready to go out and just murder the guy in the street. Like, go, go. anyway, oh, but, yeah. you know, them finally yeah. getting past some of, I'm not even going to say the awkwardness. Because it wasn't awkward until now. They got mm-hmm. past one set of awkward situations and into a completely different set of awkward situations. So, you know, and Nynaeve's piecing everything together and she's like, well, of course, this makes perfect sense. If you want to prove you're a woman, what better than the F the man that your mother effed? Like, that was, that's how I took that. that was, it's good yeah. enough for mom. Yeah, if it's good enough that's for mom, so it's weird. better for that's me. So I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it is. Have you never had a mom yes. and daughter? Let's talk about something else. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, I have, uh, I'll be honest. But... Yeah, no. Anyway, continue. Lead us. Over anyway. So, yeah. I do so, like uh, the circus idea. I think it's yeah, brilliant. I do too. The circus idea. Go join the circus. Um, so, you think that's a good idea? Yeah. So, head back, join the circus. So they just insulted, like, Two chapters ago, like not they, Nynaeve. Nynaeve is Nynaeve did keep, like her. I don't know what to call it at this point. Ignorance, stupidity, whatever it is, is coming back to bite her in the backside at every turn. Like mm-hmm. karma is a biatch, and she is getting all yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's how we end this chapter. So anything we missed, they made the decision to head up to towards the carnival, towards the circus. No, I think we're good. Even if we missed it, we wouldn't know it. We jumped all over the place. We did. We, were, we did. We were all up in that. Chapter. It wasn't. Well, we it wasn't to... a lot of. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm moving on to chapter <laughs> 17, heading west, and our symbol is. We didn't talk about the symbol last time. Really, it was a white cloak symbol. I just mentioned it, but there wasn't much to talk about. But we got the elephant symbol again. So obviously, elephant. <laughs> elephant. Yes. Are the what do they call them? Boar horses. All sorts yeah. of things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of things. So yeah, um, so we start with Elaine and Anive trying to sneak out the the inn uh, to head west, and you know, kind of this little stealthy. They got guessed out the back door into like a little alley next to a dung cart. Door. Yeah, all the all the fun stuff, and like go back to door. go back towards Valen Luca and his 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 circus, um, and um, the, you know, the girls leave first, and they decide that the best way to do that would they would sneak out, and then uh, Tom and Julian would catch up. 
So that's where we start. So thoughts about, I mean, obviously they make it out, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of hits the highlights. Yep. Yeah. You kind of wrapped it up for us. We the write the next chapter. Yeah, they're, they're actually, they're actually, they're actually it gets exciting when they start talking to the, uh, the circus. It does. That's when it well, there, there's a couple of good lines here too when they catch up. You get you get some some insight also as well because Tom and Julian catch up and they uh, report that they had learned that Pedro Niall, who's the leader of the White Cloaks, um, is trying to unite uh, some nations against Rand. So um, the White Cloaks are definitely trying to politic and happen? maneuver in a way to overtake uh, basically another nation and, uh, you know, seize more. I love how Nynaeve gets put in her place. I told you not to go back to the inn. She told him vowing to hit with something if he looked at Tom. He's like, I didn't go back. I told the head stablewoman that my lady wanted fresh berries from the country, and Tom and I had to go fetch them. It's a sort of nonsense that some... And then he looks up, and he's like... Uh, and Elaine's like, somewhat, bitch, somewhat. And he, he shuts up real quick because he's like, that's the thing the noble person would ask for, for his indentured servitude people to go out and hunt down berries, fresh berries. Meanwhile, meanwhile Elaine, there's like an awkward pause, and Elaine's like, damn, now I want some berries. <laughs> go fetch me some, bitch. Why do you have to mention it? I want them fresh. <laughs> go get them, Tom. No, she doesn't really, but that'd be funny. <sighs> But, um, you know, we, we do indeed see that these men are more seasoned than what we're giving them credit for and that they do make some smart decisions. They find a nice, subtle, you know, way for them to ride in style with their little tinker style buggy. Mm-hmm. And they kind of lay things out to where they won't be missed for a while. So they're hoping that they will for sure make it to the circus and get established before Glad really realizes that they're missing. And we know Glad is a man of his word and he said he'd give them time. So, you know, they had till the end of the day to really get out and, and get where they're going. So, you know, they get there and that's covered. And like you said, uh, Niall is definitely trying to unite the groups against Rand and, you know, Egwene, I mean, Nynaeve being who she is, is questioning like, how do you know this? How did you figure this out? Like, where are you getting your information? And, of course, the response makes perfect sense. He's like, it's on everybody's lips. He's like, and it's true. You know a rumor versus a fact based on how many people are saying the same thing the same way. Like a rumor, you'll hear 15, 20 different ways. There'll be a little bit of fact to it or similarity. But when everybody's making the same statement, like he is trying to raise an army to fight this false dragon, and everybody's saying the same thing. That Rand's got a problem coming up. We have a white cloak army mm-hmm. coming after Rand, and we know that Mordith yep. is behind that as well. So there's going to be a pretty good sized white cloak army with some dark friends mm-hmm. attached to it. So it's a crazy, yeah. But Mother will support Rand. I know she will. Yeah. She knows the prophecies. She has as much influence as Pedro Nile. That's where Tom's like, eh. hey, Tom raises his bushy <laughs> eyebrows. He's like, "Are you sure?" Not when I knew she. Her. She she rules. She rules a good a great nation. But uh, Pedro Nile, there's white cloaks in every country, in every nation of the entire world. Yeah, so, not yeah, just in, like, but from every nation. But from right. So like the ties are deep. The yeah. That's like you know, what was it Robert E. Lee yeah. didn't want to fight? But he had to go to war because, you know, his people were being attacked. 
Isn't that yeah, that's actually a pretty famous story. So little history lesson, a little tangent. Um, so Abraham Lincoln actually first went to Robert E. Lee to lead the Union Army uh, because Robert E. Lee was a West Point grad and uh, was a decorated soldier. And um, and he asked Abraham Lincoln, said, well, I'm all for helping the Union and I love my country. So um, can you uh, invade South Carolina, who is succeeding without having to march Union troops through my state, Virginia. And Abraham Lincoln said no. And the famous quote is, I love my country with all my heart, but I love Virginia more. So <laughs> yeah. the answer is no. Yep, yep. So, um, Virginia. oh, Virginia. So, As a Virginian, we have to learn these lessons in, in history. Yep. <laughs> so, but I love Virginia more. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was the whole thing. Um, and then, of course, he went on to become the general of the Confederacy. But that was, yeah, originally Abraham Lincoln had met with uh, – with Robert Lee, Robert Lee's estates were right across the, uh, the Potomac from um, um, from uh, DC. It's Arlington now. I mean, yeah, his, Ar- his Arlington National, Arlington yeah, Arlington Cemetery. National Cemetery. Yeah. Yep. So when they after the Civil War, they seized Robert Lee's uh, property and made it into the National Cemetery. Yeah. So when you, so Arlington National Cemetery was, and actually another fun fact is the bridge going across from Arlington Cemetery to D.C., the horses are turned on both sides to face with their asses towards Arlington, and that was built during the middle of the Civil War as a kind of a slight <laughs> against Robert E. Lee um, with the ass and the horse facing towards his property. That yeah. was before the, uh, the, the cemeteries. But yeah. Fun history facts about our country. <laughs> See, nowadays, you just, you just send somebody a dank meme. Back then, you, have, you had to construct a bridge <laughs> later, like, show your That's friend, important. go, look at what I did. And you're like, ha, got him. Uh, you got him. <laughs> got him. And it's going to be a big slap in the face for Goliath when he goes up to talk to his sister. And she's going to be gone. She's gone. She's gone. Yeah. But he knows Elaine, too, and her character. He's got to expect that she could do something wild. You know? yeah. yeah. Elaine, as much as he's the one that toes the line, she is the opposite. True. And he's got to know that about her. So, will he be surprised or will he go, Dagnabbit? Huh. Saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And then we finally catch up to the menagerie, the menagerie, the menagerie, um, <laughs> the circus. I don't know why um, I kept thinking about Moulin Rouge. I know it's not yeah, you know, right the same you. thing, but like, <laughs> it just kept popping in my head as I'm reading. You had the this. elephant song, you know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, there was that in the Greatest Showman that kept coming How back in my mind. Yeah. Life is <laughs> now you're in the world. <laughs> uh, I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. The only, the only way for loving me, baby, is to pay a lovely fee. <laughs> just one night. Give me just one night. There's, There's no way because no you can't pay. We just lost. We lost the person. Quit singing. One night in the month, you crazy fool. I won't give in to you. Don't. Leave me this way. It's bad. I can't survive. It's bad when you're singing. Causes somebody to run away from listening. Oh, baby. Don't leave me this way. You guys have such a beautiful okay. voice. Okay, okay. We don't have to sing the whole Elvin song. Um, so <laughs> What's anyway. wrong with that? I'd like to know. Because here I go again. Love lists us up where we belong. 
Where eagles fly <laughs> on a mountain high. Love makes us so we found that, like, even back in Lucas' time, they're looking for patrons. <laughs> We're just going to talk every year. So, yeah, so Luca. <laughs> Luke, Luca's like, if you want your bloody penny back, it's somewhere up the road. I threw it no, after yeah. you. Yeah. And it can lie there and tell Tarman Gaiden for all I care. Yeah. We can be heroes. <laughs> Forever endeavor. <laughs> you know, just let it finish. <laughs> just because I will always love you. How wonderful life is now you're in the Insane. All right. We lost so. another person. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, we so we were talking about. Yeah, we lost, we, we lost a lot of people. No. <laughs> They're going to bed anyway. We're putting, you know, singing lullabies. Um, so, um, yeah, we're talking about Lucan. Lucan. Luca. Luca. Bell oh, yeah. and Luca. Luca. And him throwing the penny at them and then she going, um, but we're going to give you 100 gold crowns. And he's like, what? <laughs> you have my attention. You See? stole that much? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, again, Nynaeve putting a foot in her mouth, like popping up like you wanted to pay. It wasn't like, hey, how are you? Sorry for being a jerk. It's like, you want a patron. We want to travel with you. We got this. And he's like, like no, nah, that's not going to work. And she's like, we'll pay all your expenses. And he's like, eh. And Elaine's like, and 100 gold marks besides, if we can travel with you. And, like, monetarily speaking, Elaine should never have spoke up. Now, had she been the first person to speak, I would have accepted that. Because she would have been the one to put on a very, like, courtly manner and been like, hey, we're sorry. I don't know what she did to, like get at you the wrong way but mm-hmm. let's definitely work something out and then 90 you should have taken over and been like we'll pay your your travel costs or whatever we'll, we'll give mm-hmm. you whatever what little yeah. bit amount she thought it was worth but we'll we'll, we'll even massage your well-turned calves yeah <laughs> they are oh yeah well-turned. that's right <laughs> they are. I forgot you're well-turned guy he, he is a well-turned <laughs> calves mm, them calves but no so yeah he's like uh you guys are dressed like nobodies, so clearly you're running from somebody. He's a very sharp guy. Mm-hmm. He picked that up real quick. He's like, you he's need like, I, he's, he's like, I don't want white cloaks coming into my show and messing everything, my, 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 my enterprise up. So, you know, either you have to blend in and, and work for me or you can perform. It's up to you, but I, I probably don't even need – you probably can't do anything to perform. So how about you muck some stalls? And, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And I think it's when Tom's like – well, check this out. Picks up a couple of pebbles. He's like, I got jugglers. And then the pebbles come into like four pebbles, then five pebbles, then six pebbles. Like, and then he's juggling Ooh. jugglers as they jump. Uh, he's like, <laughs> yo, you're, you've got this skill. He's like, yeah, I got to do other things too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, you like my mustache? Let's see what the mustaches can do. Just blowing his nose. His eyes shoot out. No, but he did end up like, I can, I can you know, eat flames and watch me play with my knives. And I mean, Tom's a man of many talents, but now we have mm-hmm. the full on recognition from everybody. Like he's not your typical person, which we know this. But... Also, also I can eat fire by the way. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Before we leave Tom, also he eats fire. Huh. Yeah. Right. He eats fire. Just got to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, and then she, uh, Luke, Luke goes around to introduce everybody to the show folk and some of the animal handle handlers. They have Illuminator with them. Um, um, and but that's um, after a wait, great Elaine show does her phenomenal oh, yeah. like leg show on the tightrope. That's why you had burlesque that's right. in your mind. Like mm-hmm. she was doing all sorts of twirls and spins and showing off her legs. Now, see, she had all sorts of problems a with that. The swan was more than willing. White to continental just... diamonds are a girl's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry, I'll stop. No, um, swan could take some notes from Elaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Elaine, yeah. But so yeah, so then they introduce everybody, and uh, the Illuminator among them is Aludra. Do you remember, do you remember her? Yeah, she's uh, the one she that got, got in trouble. She got kicked out because they blew up the in book one, wasn't it? Or was that book mm-hmm. two? Yeah. And she's also the one who gave Matt all the fireworks. Yeah. Who was who was the one that actually bumped it and set everything off? Was it Loyal? Loyal. Yeah. Loyal. Oh, <laughs> but we love Loyal. He, he can't help being big. Man, I yeah, can't, can't wait for you to get back to the, our part of the world. That way Loyal can join us again. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then they meet a handler of the I guess of the the um was it the elephants? The boar hound, boar horses. Oh, the boar hounds. Yeah, the yeah. elephants. And she starts petting one. The handler comes up and she's like, "She's like, where'd you get these?" And she's like, "From Shara." And talks with the list are the the slur and the accent. She's like, "Yeah." And immediately's like, "Yeah, you're not from Shara." And she's like, "What are you talking about? I, I am from Shara." He's like, "You're Shanshan." He's like, "I've never heard of this Shanshan." Cut the act. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've heard that talk before. Well, they were very stealthy with it. So I feel like because she channeled already. Because, you know, the, the boar handler came up apprehensively. She tried to tuck herself in the back. So I'm thinking maybe mm-hmm. she, she felt the use of the power. Or, mm-hmm. like, she assumed something was off. So she was trying to stay, like, out of the limelight. And they targeted her. And then kind of got her alone and was like, where'd you say you're from again? And, you know, I know another group that used to deal with these that did a really good job with these. They're a group called the Sean Chen and... She's like, well, I don't even know of this. She, they're like, eh, bullshit. We're, we're calling it on you. Bullshit. And then they're yeah. like, but we won't hurt you. We just mm-hmm. want answers. Yeah. Busted. Yeah. Busted. But she, like, dropped to her knees right away. Like, if that happened more often in the world, like, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, and even Elaine, uh, yeah, find out that she actually was left behind in Falma. So that's that's where she got there uh, after some questioning, and you know, not suspicious or anything like that. Like, are you here on your own will, or were <laughs> like, you left behind, or hmm. suspicious, sus, very very sus. Well, no, so just because everybody dispersed, so we found out from the last Sean Chan that we ran into that there were people tracking them down. There were people using them to find out more info and find more people. So is this one that truly got away? Or is this one still connected and feeding information back to their people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still reason to be very suspicious of her until we find mm-hmm. all this out. Well, I mean, Don't you get the... the I promise that nothing will happen Don't to you. I will Don't protect you if needed. And the pale-haired woman shifted from one to another then suddenly to Nynaeve's amazement. She drops to her knees. Like, mm. I think she is one that is in hiding and 
right now. That's what it seems. Yeah, I think she's the one thing that we know about these people is they once they kind of make their mind up to be real with you, they are one hundred percent like you get it all. So, what do you guys think a Sean Chan accent sounds like? Because I'll tell you what Robert Jordan described it as. So it has a slur to it. A drug Have Texas. I to- Okay, I, I, I've told you it's a Texan accent. Yeah. yeah, it's a Texan accent with a slur. Yeah, so they're a little, they, they're a little tipsy. <laughs> Somebody give me a Texan accent. Well, Texas, see, that's not even fair. Texas is so big. Uh, it depends on what part you're in, but yeah. Sure. It's like Sandy the Squirrel from us, from SpongeBob, oh, Texan accent. Hey, y'all. Hi, yeah. y'all. <laughs> with a slur. Hi, y'all. That's Southern Our Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Let's go to our Bobby. Okay. I can do that. Demo Bobby. Demo Bobby. Demo Bobby. Very good. Very good. I'll tell you. I'll just bring here and tie up a little propane. Boom Hauer. Boom Hauer. more Louisiana. That's more Cajun. Yeah. Are we talking Guinea? I haven't talked Guinea in a long time. I don't have an ear for it anymore. Never really did. I got, yelled up, I, man, I got yelled up by so many guinea men. I got yelled up by so many guinea men. I got in a fight. I got in an argument, not a fight, like a verbal argument with one a couple of years ago. Um, so for anybody listening, I think we talked about guinea men before. Um, so there's a part of Virginia, and I, I'm going to talk about guinea men because I don't think we have any listeners from Guinea. If we do, um, I apologize for telling your secrets. Um, and I apologize for everything I'm about to say because it is factual, even though you guys don't like to admit it. Um, so <laughs> Guinea's a part of Gloucester, Virginia, which is in, which is right next to where we live. Like, it's only like a 20 minute drive. It's not that yeah, far. It's, quite like in literally. The, it's, it's not like in the boondocks. It's not like far away from like the city or the actual life, but like yeah, they live out uh, on the tip and there's no, there's no yeah, bridge out there. They're not very well no, connected to the rest of the there's world. There's not. That's, yeah. Well, for the longest close, time, but it's not close. So there were four family last names that settled there during, um, colonial times. And, um, those four last names are the same four last names that have been there for hundreds of years. Yeah. And when you have four last names, you get some interesting <laughs> stuff happening. And yeah. uh, everyone's a cousin of everyone. And um, they have their own dialect and their own language. Everybody knows everybody. Does everybody. Um, everybody most... calls you. They have their own dialect. Um, it is very, very hard to understand and understand. It doesn't sound like English at all. It's like uh, a harsh Germanic, not... right? Yeah, and, and we're not we're not exaggerating. Yeah, you yeah. Can't, they can't, can't understand, understand them. them. No, no, no. But um, and if they've been drinking, you definitely can't. Yeah. Them. So we were, I was at a boat festival or uh, pork pie peanut festival, and um, and we were drunk, and of some guinea men were going to fare me back, and a storm came on us while we're at a Boston whaler heading back, and I had my phone out with my GPS, and they were heading right into Williamsburg, like about to run aground. And like I'm looking at my phone, I'm like you gotta turn right. He's like, man, I've been, I've, I've been, I've been water, doing crabbing these waters for my whole entire life. I know where I'm going. I was like, no, dude, you're, my phone. I don't care about what your phone says. I know where I'm going. I was like, dude, you're gonna run aground. <laughs> like, yeah. we got this knockout, dragout fight that because he was going the wrong way. I was like, my phone's not gonna lie. Like, I don't care what your father, or your pappy did. Like, yeah. turn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. He was wrong, by the way. GPS was not wrong. Did you find out the hard way? Uh, I got yelled at a lot by getting it, but eventually he just got quiet because he he found out. Yeah, we found out. He saw he saw the land that he almost hit, and he turned and was quiet the rest of the way back. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. So um, they they joined the circus. 
that, that's what happens. And they got a servant, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they were going to have a fine time traveling with Giladon. Yeah, a fine time. And nothing else. And this is when the narrator comes in and goes, and they thought nothing would go wrong. And this <laughs> is where something definitely went wrong. <laughs> Little did they know. Yeah. So anyways, uh, anything we missed from these chapters? Well, we added to it. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So, all right. All right. Moving on to chapter 18, A Hound of Darkness. And our chapter symbol is the, like, the two faces, the black and white, with a black and white background, contrasting, which is, like, usually the symbol for dark friends. Huh. Well, we talked about it before, but, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And we, we start with a character that we have not heard from in quite some time. I don't think she was in book four at all. I don't even know if she was in book four. Uh, she was in book three, I guess. We haven't was missed Leand her. Yeah. I guess, have we, have we, Leandra, was she in Tanchico? I guess she was. So she was in the beginning of this book. Certainly maybe, referenced. I don't know if she had a big role. Yeah. Was she there? I can't remember now. It all blends together. Chat may be able to help me out, but they don't seem like they're typing. So, um, but Leandra, yeah, or Leandra's point of view. I think this is the first ever. Oh, uh, yeah. She was in Tanchico. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first ever Leandra point of view. Is it? Mm-hmm. Chanel has yep. been waiting. Chanel is now in book three. Okay. And she absolutely hates Leandra. She's like, what you think? Is, of- so when is Leandra going to get her? She needs to die. I hope she gets stabbed. <laughs> and I'm like, she still hasn't gotten hers. She still. And then tonight, as we're walking home from the gym, I'm like, by the way, she's like, what? Leandra gets put in her place. She's like, don't tell me anymore. Don't speak. Did, did she enjoy the end of book two? Oh, yeah. Like, she didn't even stop. Like, you know, we bought the whole book set. So, yeah. two was down and three was up within, like, 30 seconds. Like, she's eating them up. <laughs> it's like, boom, right yeah. on. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So, uh, Landrin returns to Joran Aaron's house in Amador. Um, and she finds someone waiting for her. Well, Good job, Alan. <laughs> Y'all don't know. I, I, I hit he that muted mute just in time, but just Alan just time. sneezed like directly into the mic. But he had it. He had it muted. Yeah, I reached nice up catch. and grabbed the mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, find someone waiting. So I mean, I I enjoy how they're all kind of congregating in the same places without knowing, and how Leandrin. She's going through these mental, like, thoughts, and they all kind of keep swirling around the same people, which are, you know, um, Nynaeve and Elaine. And she's like, you know, what happened in Tanchigo was a fluke. I can't believe all that went down did go down, and we didn't achieve our goal. But, you know, I can't believe that those two barely accepted would even be able to thwart us and she's just kind of on her high horse she walks into another person's house and she's like surprised because the woman is friends with the person who cooks her food like first off you're in this woman's house and yeah she's talking to somebody that she employs as a friend there's nothing wrong with that she's like oh my god these people are all beneath me and i pity the ground they walk on i'm gonna walk over top of them Make sure you have everything ready the way I want it. And this woman's like, please, we love you. We we have to, like, 
by the way, my husband's going through a lot of pain. Could you please just, you know, help a, help a man out? And give yeah, him, help give a man. Love and, and she's like, nah, I'm too good for you, but I'll let you think I'm going to help you. And then she walks in, and boom, she's like, looks around, and all of her girls who would normally be cackling and and gaggling about the this, that, and the others, and plotting on how they're going to spend their fortune when they become, you know, the Dark Lords, like, head women are all sitting there quietly, like, twiddling their thumbs and staring at the ceiling and not making eye contact with anybody. And there's another stranger who's just sitting there, like, sipping her tea and having her cookies and, and just seeming very comfortable in their spot. Yeah. Yep. It was a great lead up to this because, like you said, so Leandra doesn't just hate men. She hates humanity. Like, mm-hmm. and she thinks she's so much better than everybody. And we've talked before about, you know, there's a few things I'll judge somebody quickly on, but I, I watch the way friends and people I'm out with, how they treat wait staff. And if you're treating, you know, people that are there to serve you and whatnot, you're treating them like shit, like we're not hanging out sort of thing. And she does all of that, just just horrible to everybody. And it's this perfect buildup to this moment where she's about to get smacked down, like by someone far more powerful, maybe a little more pompous, but certainly more powerful than her. Like, you think you're big and bad, you were just a speck of dust (laughs) in this whole scheme of things. You're nothing. And I'm about to control you. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wonderful. It is. Is it is it wonderful? I don't know. That's a that's a weird word to use. It was it was satisfying. Satisfying? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you hate Leandra, but it's Megedian. So who <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing about the way she's been written that makes the reader hate her. Yeah. I guess you got a thing for Lanfear too. You you just love the Forsaken, don't you? Mm-hmm. you you're Forsaken forsaken sympathizer. I mean, you knew girls. <sighs> you you've known women that I've dated in the past, and <laughs> yeah, you you know my ex wife. <laughs> They're all forsaken. Yeah, wait. You remember the yoga instructor that I hung out with her? And yeah, we've talked about this. We don't need to go into that. But her friend wanted to burn your parents' house down. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> and then I and then I left you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. My my bad. So you're not wrong. Uh, I like I apparently like Forsaken. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. So like yeah, Megedian, we discover that she has been with them before, but she was posing as uh was it Tamale? Is that how you pronounce the name? Like hot tamale? Is it Tamalia? Sure. Tamale. Tamale, whatever. How you pronounce Tamale. it? Tamale. Yeah. call her TT. Uh, she was hanging out as TT. Dark friend two? Yeah. Tea we'll, we'll, we'll call her TT. Like she was essentially the underling of Leandrin. So she was very smart. She stayed close to the top without being at the top. So she knew everything that was going on, but she didn't have to directly engage. So she protected herself. She does what spiders do, you know? They wait for the prey to come at them the right way, and then they pounce. And this is finally the moment where she's like, all right, I'm going to come out, and y'all are not going to serve me. You really don't have a choice. I'm going to let you think that you do, but at the end of the day, you're going to do exactly what I want you to do. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this tea does not have enough honey, so go give me some more honey. And <laughs> while we're at it, I need to make sure that you're very clear on the fact that I have a lifetime of power and an understanding that is well beyond any of you. So 
you're all going to do my bidding exactly how I tell you to do it, when I tell you to do it. And if you mm-hmm. think you're going to, you know, get out of this in some sort of way, just know that your friends are sitting here, you know, quietly right. because I've put them in their place already. Mm-hmm. Do, she put a spell on them. Do we give some kind of credit to these Black Aja for being so dedicated to what they're doing and, and taking this huge risk without? I mean, up in this point, there's been no clear leadership. And be- yeah. because of that lack of leadership, that void in leadership, it was so easy for our spider lady to come in here and be like, and I'm, I'm just going to be in charge. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who you thought was. No, just I'm going to. Right. And if you disagree with that, you know, ping, ping, whips them around with the power. Yeah. Well, in a dark friend's eyes, I mean, from, from a dark friend's perspective, everyone knows about the Forsaken because they're thousands of years old. And they've been in every story in the entire world. So when you become a dark friend, like to meet an extra Forsaken, like that's like royalty. It's like a celebrity. Like it would be easy for a Forsaken to come in and corral a group of dark friends. Even sure, if they Alan. were Chandler. Alan, continue to give us this dark friend perspective. I mean, I don't know anything about dark friends. I mean, the look dark on your friends, face as you were describing yeah. that, it was an expert perspective and you see the smile on his face as he's he smiling. is he's, he's like, like he's like oops i gave myself away he's like alan's like so let me no. tell you when i made my pledge the, the black <laughs> aja does not exist we i mean they do not exist right <laughs> <laughs> and so but, but you're absolutely right it's it's interesting with the the power dynamic because we know that there's somebody in the tower that's supposed to be feeding them information and feeding them their objectives so they're waiting silently or i should say patiently for leadership to tell them what to do next and then in walks like you said you know the michael jordan or the michael jackson or whoever you want to call it at the time and it's like you know i'm gonna put on a show for you to let you know that i am the ish and that i need you to do everything i tell you to do isn't she more like share when you think about it like awesome. an oldie but goodie, did, still fantastic. Did they, they, didn't they do that? Like, um, just to talk about like an NBA player, like how good like professional players actually are. Like they had a bunch of like street ballers, like that were really good. Like they were like really good street ballers, and they took like one of the worst NBA players in the league, and like put them on the court with like all these guys to just play like weekend pickup games. Exconked them. And just destroyed them all. Like, just to make it to the NBA, the level that you have to be on is, like, like even if you're like, the worst, you're still better than any of those guys. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's insane. Like, so, similar. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan's a good good reference to that. Although, Alan Arbison was more of a street ball style. And, oh, he, and, and, he could, so. and he could run circles around all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, he'd, he'd cross them up and let them break their ankles. God, I, I love watching him play. His highlight reels are still amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Practice? Practice? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> what do I need to practice for? About. People need to practice about. to be like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's so. Uh, obviously, Magedian, like, somewhat compels them, or just out compels them all. And then uh, Leandro quickly learns a lesson. So, they move on to assigning tasks. So she kind of divides them up and starts to give them all different tasks. And then the five remaining are Landrin, uh, Chesmel, uh, Chesmal, um, Aznin, uh, Tamale, and Eldrith. Hot Tamale. And hot Tamale. Titi. Well, before, hold on, before you keep, let me, let's go back just a step. Okay. Leandrin 
did make an attempt. Like we got to give her credit. Two she attempts. Was, yeah, she she made two attempts. She was ready to challenge. Morgana. And she thought she had some secret. So one, when she first like got annoyed, went to embrace Sidar and was like, "Oh wait, it's not there." Right. So that's attempt number one. But even mm-hmm. after hearing all this, she she's in in her mind. She's like, "I've got a secret move that nobody knows about." I got this super secret squirrel attack. I'm going to whatever tickler and catch her off guard. And even that didn't work. And we're getting probably knew something was coming and immediately laid the smack down. Like this was yeah. the ultimate just knocked off her high horse. It was beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, it, was, it was, you got to give her her props. She set it up to where we're getting kind of slightly let down her defenses purposefully. We know yep. it's like, she got her to give in to give her the opportunity and she took it. So I feel like we have not seen the end of Leandra. And I think if anybody in the, the black Aja decides that she's tired of her, of a forsaken, it's going to be Leandra. Like she may become like a neutral party in this at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go back to the internal monologue from Leandra Egwene, Nynaeve and Elaine. Everything had gone so badly in Tanchico that she would have thought those three upstart accepted had been there. Except they were fools who had twice walked tamely into traps she had set. That they had escaped each was of no consequence. Had they been in Tanchico, they would have fallen into her hands. Like, so confident that she could have done something to Nynaeve. But Nynaeve diced up Morgidian, or Mogadine, and Mogadine diced up Leandrin so easily. Like... Leandra just don't know. She thinks she's super powerful, but to the not point even where close. Mogadine's like, all right, so y'all's task, you five, you are my new hounds, and I want you to hunt down. Now, I wonder if, speaking of hound-like, will she do to them what was done to Pad and Fane? Hmm. Because we know what was done to Pad and Fane was done not by the Dark One, but by Bialzaman, right? Or was it the Dark One? No, it was, he was taken to Shogul. Okay, but, so it was by the Dark Yeah, he, yeah, he got super tortured. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. super tortured. He was, but, he was taken to the Dark One's prison. That's right. But do they have the power to, like, do the do the Forsaken, the Chosen, have the power to do what was done to these women? Give them heightened senses. I mean, we know they can compel like crazy. I mean, when you saw the, the Forsaken social in the beginning of this book, like, yeah. Grindel had, like, an entire court of people, like, just, like, worshipping her. Like, but like, will, any, will it be to the point of like bloodlust? Like, will it be like your your senses will be heightened? Your 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 sight, Raffo? Now the Chris, maybe we'll have female mm. warders like made from Black Aja. They get female connected warders. to why not? Okay, why not make them superhuman? Oh. Why does it always have to be guys? Yeah. So is that a prediction they're gonna have female warders for the Forsaken? Yeah, why not? I think the Forsaken can compel anybody to do compel anything. To the so, point of worship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the power of the Forsaken compel you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they get the they get their final task is to hunt down on Eve, which Landry's super happy about. She's like, yeah, I hate that girl too because she's a wilder. And then she even thinks back to herself. She's like. 
I mean, technically I'm a welder too, but no one knows that. So you know what? I'm not a welder, so screw her. But she says, like, she, <laughs> so but, deep down, Leandrin hates herself. That's where all this hate comes yeah, from. Yeah, it's self, it's yeah, hell hate that she projects on the rest so of the world. But the justification was there. She's like, I decided to be a black before I decided to be an Aes Sedai. So I was training in preparation for the fact that I was going to go in to be a black. Mm. So, you know, she's old school. She's old school hood. Like, yeah. I've I, I've I've been I've been gangster since day one. Exactly. Like, like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I've been stealing from Seven Eleven. Like I stole packs of bubble gum. That way, it prepared <laughs> me to go in and be a G and rob a bank. <laughs> You're taking me back. I remember in middle school, like kids that were bragging about how they stole cars over the weekend. I thought they were joking until one kid was gone for a week and then came back with the ankle bracelet, like because they allowed him to go to school. For, you know. Got busted stealing cars with his friends. Yeah, my friend. But it starts with bubble gum at a grocery uh-huh. store, and it just I, I, they I keep going. I was saying that not jokingly. Like I had friends. I had six friends that actually stole and ghost rode a whip. Like they drove the car into the neighborhood, being chased by the cops, jumped out of the car, let it ghost ride, and they scattered <laughs> onto people's back porches. And either they got to the house and got in the house, or they like one kid took his shirt off, took his shoes and socks off, and like sat on somebody's patio and was like chilling, like he had been there all day. Like this is, and it started she, she, with simple stuff like stealing bubblegum from Seven Eleven. Yep, they keep. Were you, one were you in my car when I got pulled over by like a whole entire like, like tons of cops are chasing me? <laughs> and it, didn't they like draw their gun on you because they yeah. they thought it was like well, a felony arrest? Well, yeah, because I was driving to like so. There was the school got closed down because we had a gas leak. It was in high school, and whatever to one of our friends' house that lived in uh, I think Beaconsdale or somewhere, and um, and we're creeping. We, we yeah we, we we I went to leave. I think you might have been in the car with me, and I was driving exceedingly fast the neighborhood, and a cop was off duty, turns his light on, and we were just like blaring music. I didn't even hear him. I wasn't even paying attention. So like I didn't even know a cop was behind me, so I just kept them going. Like and I didn't realize I was being chased by cops. It's like so I'm just in like blaring like like music. Like didn't hear the sirens because I think I had like I think it was a blink one eighty two or something like that. Probably like, like Bloodhound blaring. Gang or something. Bloodhound gang or something stupid. And like just like flying through the neighborhood. And I look back at my rear mirror and there's like five cop cars behind me. I'm like, oh shit. I like pull over. They had guns drawn and everything like that. And like I was like, uh, officer, what's going on? I was like do you know how fast you're going? I was like, no. I was like, you're going 60 miles an hour. I was like, was I? He's like, it's 25 mile an hour zone. It's neighborhood. I was like, uh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard this song? It's really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 16 to 25. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Chris is like, if that was me, they would have shot me. <laughs> they wouldn't even have asked how fast were you going. <laughs> They'd have been like, we got him. Blah, blah. <laughs> I'm gonna get a medal for this. <laughs> that's that's uh, so fucked up. Uh, that's, that's uh, Sad but true. It is. Oh wow. I think they should let me off the warning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Smack my head. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, every I, every time I get pulled, I get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what'd you, what did you what did you uh, pull me for? You were following too close. I was going 34 and a 45, and you were on my ass. I was trying to push yeah. the other guy because you're pushing me. Well, you shouldn't have been pushing him. Yep. 
34 <laughs> and a 45. You should have pulled him for reckless driving. Oh, they, they made up their mind to give you a ticket. Yep. Or they, they had like, a reason. Well, we're going to give you a ticket yeah. for the tent on your window. The car came from Florida. I just bought it two days ago. I haven't had time to remove it. Well, now you're going to court. Figure it out. Yep. Assholes. Yeah. Two. 16 to 25. All right, kid. Have a nice day. Especially 90s. 90s was is even worse than this. I mean, it's still bad, but 90s was blatant horrible. Yeah. Blatant. Blatantly horrible. Uh, DWB. Um, that was a thing in Newport News. If you're in the wrong neighborhood, shoot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stupid. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What's anyway, up? So, so, um, so yeah, get the task to go after Naive, and Leandrin happily accepts, and that's how we end this chapter. Again, little does she know, that ain't gonna be an easy task. I hope they kill her. I hope she's the first major death of a known. Yeah, that would be satisfying. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. And and I don't even want it to be in a big battle, like. Yeah. Maybe they're all getting together, like, and Leandrin and a couple of the Black Asha step forward. They're like, all right, Nynaeve, we're going to take you down. And Elaine just, like, twinkles her fingers, and a giant stone just smashes Leandrin. Mm. And that's the end. That's too easy. Yeah. End battle. I and want, all the other Black Asha go, oh, fuck. I want Egwene to slowly pull the breath out of their lungs. I want them to slowly collapse to their knees as they feel life leave. I want them to turn blue as they choke. And as the blood rushes through their body, and then they pass out, dying. Who hurt you, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, dude? <laughs> do, do we need, do we have a session and like talk about it? Like, I mean, yeah, we, we talk can... about it. I had a After messed this... up childhood. Y'all know this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, no, that would be satisfying. Murder right? quite a lot. Yeah, we we are now a self help podcast, so. Right. Uh, Tell me where it hurt. <laughs> where, where did they hurt you, Chris? Where did they hurt you? There's no, I won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. Uh, no. no. All right. Any Wait, predictions? I saw something what, what? about the book, but not about this book. I saw an article online like, will there be a 15th Will of Time book? Is that a thing? Uh, No. Okay. Say, but, I mean, the, there's, there's been talks like it might have been clickbait no. or something. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, Brandon Sanderson has already come out multiple times saying he will never write another real time book. Um, he said that multiple times in interviews. He actually has a whole YouTube video about why he won't. Um, Robert Jordan State said that they will not write anymore, even though there are notes for other books. Um, oh. Robert Jordan had planned on writing other books. Um, Wheel of mostly, Time books or just other yeah, oh. spinoffs. So they're supposed to be uh, sequels to the actual Wheel of Time, uh, with stuff that I can't talk about because it's spoilery. And they're supposed to be more prequels as well okay. um, that that Robert Jordan had wrote notes for. I would um, definitely take the prequel stuff. Like, actually, oh yeah, there are fifteen. There, but yes, yeah, so there are fifteen books because there is the prequel. Cool. So there actually already are fifteen books. Oh well, I guess. And we're going to read the prequel. Book. 16, yeah, but there's not going to be a So thing, this yeah. prequel, is that, like, going to give us more of the, a taste of what we got, like, going back into the past future? Um, going to go back no. in time. Oh. No, I mean, the prequel, the prequel is just really Moraine's story. So uh, it's not... It's I, not... Would, I, would, I would actually read, like, the going back into the past future and learning... I remember, I'm oh, not... to Age of Legends? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if Robert Jordan ever planned on writing anything about the Age of Legends. Now, there was there was talks of a movie being made Ooh. about the Age of Legends that was separate from Amazon. 
but we're not sure if that's a money grab. And there's like some weird characters involved with it. Like, um, so, um, um, I think Eva Longoria, like the actress was one of the producers that came up with it. So I, but like it came up, it flared up on Twitter for a little bit and then like, I haven't heard anything else about it. So I'm not sure whether that was a real thing or like there, there, there's lots of rumor mill type stuff. I think it was even Eva Longoria. Um, yeah, it was random. Yeah, like someone saying like in chat, like even Lagoria, really? Like, yeah, it was it was something like that. It was like super random. Um, but they were thinking about making a trilogy movie about the Age of Legends. But um, I only saw that for like a couple of weeks and then disappeared. So, not sure if it was a a money grab type thing or what. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but as far as the books, no, I, I don't think the estate's gonna allow it. And uh, Robert Jordan was pretty adamant about not letting people do like. Like Star Wars, you know, they opened up to like fan fiction and that kind of stuff where you have like yeah. anyone can write stuff about it. They were pretty adamant about keeping the, the, the core cool. Uh the same. Okay. So thank you. So I would I would I'd 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 be and, and I, I know Brandon Sanderson won't. He's too busy writing his own stuff. Like a the Cosmere's books. Yeah. Well, a billion books and the Cosmere's fantastic. And uh, I would I would actually be mad. If he stopped writing Cosmere to write for a time, because <laughs> he needs to write more Cosmere, because that stuff is is amazing. But um, yeah, I'm I'm reading through the Cosmere right now, all all his books. But yeah, yeah. So uh, he he needs to keep writing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I need more. Um. So um. Yeah. So fa- so predictions. Let's start with predictions for your favorite characters. Uh, any predictions that you wanted like highlight? Mm. My make-believe idea that Rand and Galad have a secret connection because there's it's too coincidental that a woman disappears and then a okay. woman appears. Okay. So I want to definitely point that out. And then okay, I don't know these. I, I I like Ian's idea of there not even being a great battle. Like I want um, Leandra to just like get off super quick. Like she doesn't deserve yeah. a glorious battle. Right at all. Yeah. Yeah, like in the like in the like, last moment, there's just enough time for her to realize I was not who I thought I was. Yeah, and scene. <laughs> and I want to know why. I mean, this is more of a question as a statement. Like, why can't um, Nine remember Saldea? Saldea, or not? Is it? Wait, wait. Sal- are you talking about where Fael's from? No, sorry, wrong. Wrong. Sal- Saladar. Saladar. Yeah. Well, Saladar's Swan found out about that. I know, but yeah. she also said that she saw a name written where the blues could be when she was in the dream world. Oh, okay. So but I don't think the uh, no, but I don't think that when she was at the White Tower, I don't think the yeah. I don't think the White Tower knows about. Oh, uh, okay. So they, I think they're speculating, but yeah, but they could yeah they could remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, but I if thought the White maybe, Tower knew where they were. Yeah, uh, then they would be sitting in forces show. Yeah, in show. Do you yeah. think so though? Like they're not trying yeah. to start at this point. Stuff. I think they're trying to keep the tower unified. They don't want to. Yeah, but they're not rebel factions go after out there. The blues. It doesn't mean they don't know where they are just because they're not going to go after them. They're calling them back and telling them to come <laughs> on their own accord. So, so someone in chat just called you out, Chris. Why? Says, Why can't Nynaeve remember Saladar? Why can't you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm horrible with names. <laughs> I never skipped a salad bar. Uh, I do all the time. Anyway. Snap. <laughs> Whoever that was. Those uh, be fighting words. That was Skeeter. Uh, so, 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, favorite characters. Let's do that. Mogadine. Mogadine uh, was Mogadine. a G. I got to agree with you on this. I wanted to say it before you did in case you were thinking it. But dibs up, Mogadine. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, great. That's a good one. That she was good in this chapter. Yep. To be honest. No, no, lo- no love for Tom. No love for uh, for Nynaeve or Argelaine or Valen Luca with the calves. If, no, if it wasn't Mogadine, my second would have been Julian for just okay. one, wanting to just kill the white cloaks, nonchalantly, be, nonchalantly being like, you want to just kill them all? No? Okay, we're not yeah. doing that? Okay, yeah, no, I'm cool with that too. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> and then just sits back and watches Tom and Elaine get all awkward and just eats popcorn and he's like, I'm cool with this too. Like, whatever y'all want to get into. I want to give it to Elaine this time. I'm, I'm torn because I don't know if her good decision making is based on fear or based on in, intellect. Like she makes a decision like we have to go, we have to go now, we have to avoid him, we have to do this, we have to do that. And, and not only that, like she gets a reaction and things happen. She's becoming very courtly. And mm-hmm. when she makes a suggestion, then it is a command type deal. Um, D- David Russell actually gave his uh, his his three picks for his top characters for this uh, this chapter. So what do we got? He said uh, number one was Van Lucas calves. Number oh, two was nice. Tom's mustaches. And number three was <laughs> Elaine's boldness to wear pants. Oh, oh. <sighs> is it boldness or just? free choice why like why yeah. Yeah. can't you wear pants men wears pants and men smoking yeah. hot yeah i wear pants i'm a goddess <laughs> that's true <laughs> you are beautiful yeah uh, i know you anyway. can't see them chris because they're camouflaged but look at those bad boys right there Ooh. Uh, ooh yeah ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meow a nice military meow. tuck and all mm-hmm. there you go all right so we got we got uh, Magedian, and then yours, Chris, was um, Elaine. Who, Elaine, yeah, okay. I like it. Good shout out. I like I like it. So next time we'll be doing two, just two chapters, Dose. but these are good ones. So uh, next chapter is memories, the memories. So um, that's when um, we see Matt get flooded with all the memories. I hope so. See- in a awesome. sequential order, and then he comes to himself, and he is now some old timey somebody or That'd another. Be great. And then uh, the Jengai Pass, which is where they were heading to. That's the the break in the Dragon Wall where they can cross over to Kyrian. Mm. So, so we leave the waste. Chapter. Mm-hmm. Or Nynaeve or whoever. I think it should be a Well, Nynaeve's, Nynaeve's not in, near anywhere near. I mean, Gwen. Gwen, that's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. So. Again, yeah, so we're definitely going. We're definitely going back over to the other side of the world uh, for our next chapter, at least for that chapter. Um, but yeah, so, so should be fun. Next chapter is not a mad chapter, though. Uh, let's see who is next chapter. I mean, since you guys can read it now, uh, it starts. Uh, it starts with more Gates's point of view. Ooh, mm. it's our first uh, more Gates point of view chapter. This is crazy. Like, so I, I, it always kills me the number of point of views that these authors will go into. Like, at some this, point, you guys are killing little time. How many? How? Uh, I think I told you guys this before. Oh yeah, we talked how, about it early on. It's in, yeah. Well, you said the first few books, it doesn't seem like that much, but like from the last book forward, it just keeps growing and growing and growing, and then gets insane. Yeah. So in Wheel of Time, there are 
147 characters uh, that have point of views. And they changed those point of views 1,379 times. I'm telling you, the confusion so, is going to be huge. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, horrible thing. So yeah, it gets it gets uh, towards towards like so it gets bad like in the middle books, and then towards the end starts consolidating again. So that makes sense. Well, I guess I say that the last battle changes point of views like every five seconds. At that point, you know all the characters so well. You can read these characters for years. The middle stage, aren't we on book five? The fact that book five is not considered a middle book that makes me cry (laughs) on the inside quite a bit. (laughs) So you break you you break it in the trilogy. So you have the first three as a trilogy, and with the Dragon Reborn, and now we're in the second trilogy that ends with Lord of Chaos, book six, and then. and then, really, uh, a crown of, uh, what was it? A crown of swords, path of daggers, and winner's heart. And then you can throw a crossroads of twilight in there. So it's four books for the the next. And then you have Night um, of Dreams to the end. Mm. Um, that's how I kind of divide it up. Um, you should do a so, poll about that and see who agrees with you. Yeah, I don't know if people would agree with me. And then you throw New Spring in there somewhere. The prequel. Um, I'm not sure. Technically, after this book, we can read New Spring. Um, it's up to you guys if you want to do that. I don't have it on our spreadsheet to do it that way. But how about you just let us plow through New Spring on our own <laughs> as we're reading other things, and then we could do like a a, a, a sit down, the three of us sit down. It's a really short spring. book. I mean, it's not like it. I mean, it would only take like like a, a few episodes to cover. I mean, not. I mean, I don't know how long it would take if we're doing chapter by chapter. But uh, let, me, let, let me let me look at the spreadsheets. I haven't been in the getting, sheets with I'm, that I'm, one for a while, so I'm, I'm getting I'm getting to the sheets. So I I don't have us reading it till like way later because I I want to I was doing publication order. Um, it would take from December to like three and a half months, mm. which on our time scale is a short book. Yeah, yeah. I might be in Ukraine by then, so. Oh. <sighs> Don't don't say that. How you can be found. We can be found at the Will Reads on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those great places. Um, And um, you can find us at our website at thewillreads.com. You can also email me. I haven't mentioned that in a while. But, yeah, uh, it's thewillreads at Um, gmail.com. As long as it doesn't go to my spam folder, I do reply to those. Um, And every once in a while, I do do check my spam filter, and I find, like, I missed like five messages from people that actually were like, Oh, I'm going to email the will reads and it's in the spam. So if I didn't respond to you, it's honestly because I'm just taking my spam email right now. And, um, I have one, so sorry. Uh, I'll respond to you as soon as we're done with this. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, feel free to email me and, um, and also check us out our website. You can find links to everything like our discord server, uh, we have first-time readers making their way through um, uh, their their experience with Wheel of Time and posting their thoughts. We have sections for Star Wars, for the Cosmere, if you're a Brandon Sanderson fan, a bunch of stuff. So it's a lot of fun on our Discord. Also, uh, you can find ways to support us. Uh, you can support us just by listening to us. Um, we, we do get some revenue from that, and also that just, that just helps with the numbers. Um, and, and that's the best way of supporting us. Um, yeah. But the second best way is Patreon. Uh, so definitely think about becoming a patron. Uh, you get live episodes at one dollar a month. Um, at the higher levels, you get a lot more stuff, but that's where it starts. And then um, merchandise. I do give it away every month, but only one person wins for each one of those. And there usually is a lot of people, depending on the platform, that enter those contests. So uh, 
Uh, you can just go buy it. There's links there too. So yeah, more stuff coming. I, I just saw a new design from tree for our, another t-shirt design. So that's coming soon. And, um, um, hopefully we get some more stuff in the merch store. I, I know I've been saying that for months, but I think it's got finally coming, coming together. I say that stay tuned, stay tuned six months from now and we'll have more merch. <laughs> so, yeah. And feel free to share us, like us, subscribe to whatever podcast platform, if they allow that, or, um, also write a review. Um, I do read those from time to time and I enjoy at least, uh, reading how crappy we are in the beginning. Um, I did go back and record like an apology in the very first episode about how crappy our, our audio quality was in the beginning. Um, and it doesn't get much better because we still have audio issues every episode. So anyway, that's all I got for this week. <laughs> Until next time. Peace. Okay. Bye.